Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Podcast One presents Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze, an entertaining behind-the-scenes look at the world of food, where you'll hear from anyone and everyone from the culinary industry, including restaurateurs, TV hosts, celebrity chefs, producers of your favorite cooking shows, and many more. Now, here's your host, Richard Blaze. Hey everyone, welcome to Starving for Attention. Richard and Jasmine Blaze here back in the studio. And it feels nice to be back. I know you can't Beverly stand the drive. I know. No, it's okay. I can deal with it. Uh, amazing episode coming up. Chad Minton of True Cooks live in Las Vegas. Uh, but before Chad Minton, here's a word from one of our sponsors. Hey, listen, now you can get everything for your home from the Home Depot. I know That's what right. you're probably thinking, Jasmine. Yeah. Like what? Like everything, yeah. everything. The answer is yes, Everything from hickory flooring to exclusive paint colors and all of the trim. And uh, then also you can get an area rug, the sofa, even those new throw pillows that you've been wanting, Jasmine. Yeah. Yeah. You can find your style and shop more than 10,000 furniture and decor pieces online. Plus, get free and flexible delivery to your home or to the store and easy, no hassle returns. Use the code SFA Home Depot at checkout and save up to 10% right now. It's as simple as that. Whole home improvement from start to finish. More saving, more kinds of doing. Shop homedepot.com slash decor today. Valid on select items online only. Free delivery on select items, $45 or more. Visit homedepot.com for more information. And remember to use SFA Home Depot. And then maybe you can get an abalone shell lamp like we got. Now back to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. Okay, Jasmine, back. Chad Minton is coming up. Uh, True Cooks founder, uh, calling home Las Vegas. This episode's recorded in a hotel room in Las Vegas. I always feel weird about the episodes where I'm inviting someone up. I feel incredibly weird for you <laughs> just because I've seen what you do to hotel rooms. So like, oh, wait, and you've well, talked well, about it. Well, on. The, what does that even mean? First well, of all, you've talked about it on this podcast. Right. how like you'll order chicken wings and wipe your hands on the towels or the sheets or something like I just am imagining people coming in, especially if it's I'm pretty sure Chad came up pretty early for you. Yeah. Like this was the like maid, a 9 the maid might not have even been there yet, yeah. especially if you're checking out. Like, I don't know. I just. Yeah. I, have, I mean, I, I, I will. Feelings. I will say this when I know that I have a guest coming yeah. <clears throat> to sit in the hotel room. Yeah. I'm not doing the chicken wing towel. That's wipe. good. That's <laughs> like good. that's only when I'm solo, and I don't do that when I'm with you. And only only the Holiday Inn Express. Um, this that. one, I even folded all of my clothes and stuff. Like, yeah, I just do it right on my shirt. <laughs> so it looks like bloody. Like I had a bloody night in Vegas. Yeah. Like it's I mean, it could, you wouldn't be alone. But. Th- that that's probably true. So yeah, this is uh, Vegas is odd that way. That like at 9 a.m. in Vegas, mine is like like it's early. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, like it's the just only past one. where everyone went to bed. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, so it's a strange like, mix. I mean, I, I remember that when I went to Vegas for the first time, like mm-hmm. late, earlier like this recently, year. Yeah, yeah. Earlier this year. Um, I, I went to the gym and I was running on the treadmill and this was one of those gyms that has like a two-way, no, uh, what is it called when it's like a mirror on the outside, but you can see through it. Oh, okay. So it had like one of those. So like I could see the people walking on the street, but they're all just thinking they're looking in a mirror. So right. it's actually pretty funny and pretty comical. In Vegas, yeah. But, it, but at like eight in the morning, it's a pretty equal mix of people like coming home and people like that are out exercising. Yeah. It's pretty weird. I one of my favorite things to do in Vegas is the like seven AM like to go get a coffee. Yeah. But like there's a lot of people. The carnage. It, it, you it, see the carnage? Well there's the carnage, before. but it also there's tends to be like and it's usually an older group mm. of like gamblers who like are six AM oh. slot machine. Oof gals usually who are like you know it's like the golden girls but like they hit the slots up at 6 a.m my grandmother used to go to vegas every year i I don't know if she was a 6 a.m or i mean she was coming from the east coast so probably but i have to admit like there's a part of it that's like i like it because like if you're gonna do it that's like that's a good time to do like get up and get your business done yeah get your slots in early it's a little weird it's a little like yeah. Strange being the early bird, I think. We're on different sides, but I know you've only been really once, though. Yeah. I'm more of a fan of Vegas than probably you are. For sure, yeah. And, and maybe most people, especially since I don't gamble at all and I mm-hmm. don't really play any games, but I like it for the reasons that a lot of people like Vegas. Uh, the spas, the restaurants, and Celine. And the shows, <laughs> yeah. And the shows. Yeah. And it's true, though. It's a great place. You get a big room. You get a nice spa. And this comes up in the episode with Chad Minton. Uh, spoiler alert, but we're going to talk about, like, is Vegas the place to go if you're a young cook 
mm. and you want to travel the world, but you don't have the money to travel the world. Right. You've said that. Yeah. Because well, there's like a lot of the great chefs have outposts there. Because there's right? so many restaurants there, uh, especially coming on the heels of yesterday, the Michelin stars were announced. But yeah. fact is, we're recording this right. 10 minutes before they get announced. Yeah. So the announcements are coming. We're eagerly awaiting, just just curiosity's sake, um, because we don't have a, a dog in the right. in the hunt right now. So this came up in the Josiah Citrin episode. Michelin Guide gets announced for the first time in years, coming back, back to Los Angeles to, yeah. and statewide throughout California. Yeah, so there's going to be a lot of restaurants in the, even Central California that get Central stars. Yep. Who knows who's going to get them? We got a Bib Gourmand down in San Diego for Juniper, Juniper and Ivy, Ivy yes. which is congratulations. A, Thank you. Yeah, yeah, thank you, and the congratulations to the team. It's a tremendous honor to be in the guide. Absolutely. Today they drop stars. It kind of like I told the team there. It's like, you know, when you're in the when you get the bib or you get a star, you're certainly you're in the major leagues. Yeah. So then, like the challenge becomes to sort of maintain in the major leagues, which major I think leagues. is the right. pressure, the sad pressure of Michelin is like, right. well, then if you do get a star two three, then you got to keep, gotta it, keep up. it. Yeah. And right. I mean, not to really turn this into a a, a, a dark episode, but I mean, there have been chefs who have committed suicide right. because they, they, because they can't the live up to the pressure it, of trying Europe, to three stars. right, almost Yeah, Bernard Loisseau is mm-hmm. one that comes to mind, but there have right. been more There's than couple, one. But it's, it, it, this is an extremely prestigious award, especially in Europe where it started. I know um, Josiah Citroen went through it a little bit. Right. About it. It's kind of cool listening to some of like the, the background of the Michelin Guide in last week's episode. So if you didn't oh, listen, go back and listen. I love that you actually listen. listen to our episodes when you're not in the oh, yeah. interview. But yeah. but yeah, so Michelin Guide's coming out. Yes. And uh, any 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 big predictions? Any like do you have anything like, you know, you know I crazy mean, the only, in your mind? It's not a big prediction, but building on the commentary of like pressure sure. is just what I can predict for sure is misery. Mm. For not the, not jubilation? There's ju- got to be uh, yes. a moment well, yeah, of jubilation. We can predict jubilation, of course, but okay. I think it's the misery that probably is 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 harder to understand. So like yeah. of the restaurant that doesn't get the star, doesn't, uh, you know, yeah. or, or the restaurant that feels like they deserve it, right? Mm-hmm. The restaurant that then lose, like we talked, the restaurant that loses a star. Right. Because that'll I, happen today too, right? Like the ones in San Francisco that have stars exactly. are going to be re-reviewed. Basically. Exactly. So like there's and, – and those are usually the biggest stories are – who gets three stars, right. and then who loses? Like, who are the right. first timers that get a star, but then who loses a Isn't star? Isn't that just how we are, though? Like, that's what we're going to talk about is like who, like the the, the sad stories. The, like... It is. It's very British of us, but I guess eh. that's part of it. It's like we, we're more concerned with who gets relegated from the league or right. who's then in who the battle promoted. to get relegated yeah. than who actually won the championship. Um, but it does remind I me. Mean, we've had. We, as a matter of fact, we're dealing with some restaurant drama right now, and yes. it's not about stars. But right. like there's so much wrapped up in the critique of a restaurant. You have no – if you're not in the yeah. industry and a lot of people who listen are, that like you don't understand the like the, – the, how your, your heart and your guts just get sort of like jerked around when like someone says your food's not good. Yeah. Or someone says that well, the restaurant's not that good. And then the other side of that is that when someone does say your restaurant is good or you, you get a star or you get a review or you get a best new restaurant or whatever, it doesn't necessarily mean mm. – Oh, that the tough. coffers are full, right? Yes. It doesn't always – it's not always a one-to-one. No. And now it can be and it depends – that depends a little bit on the market. This is a deep uh, open that we're getting into here, but I like it. Like if you're in New York City and you get a three a New York Times three-star review, mm-hmm. most people will tell you that that is going to certainly help business, right? right. Like there's a there's – a, uh, the people that are reading those reviews will go out and support those restaurants. You know, can the same be said for Michelin at the elite level? I, I think so. Yeah. But – uh, but what you're saying is it doesn't mean all that the restaurant's going to be busy all of a sudden. Right. Like you might you, you might get one Michelin star, but it doesn't mean if you have, you know, an empty book today that tomorrow your book is going to be full. Right. It means right. that you're going to get some new reservations from people that go out and like, hunt these restaurants. For example, mm-hmm. we're in L.A. right now and I was just thinking about where we're going to eat dinner because right. it's late and I'm hungry. <laughs> and I looked at the list of the Bib Gourmands and there was a restaurant on there that I was like, oh, maybe I'll, maybe we can go to hit that on the way out of town. And I just looked on and full, all reservations open. Right. Everything. So. Full, I mean, you mean book, like no, you no, can book I'm, it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Open. Yeah, open. Completely right? okay. open. Like, and, and exactly. so Bib Gourmand is, is, a, is a great, um, go into what Bib Gourmand Bib Gourmand, exactly. I mean, it's a, basically what Michelin says. And they have like, you, like Josiah talked about last yeah. week, like worth a drive, work a, worth a detour. Right. Bib Gourmand basically says, this is a place to get high quality food. If you're in this city. For, yeah. If you're in this city, high quality food for $40 for like two dishes and a drink. Right, right, right. Basically. For I'm paraphrasing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's great, yeah. right? And so, I mean, it, you're still, like I said, you're in the guide. Right. 
Um, and then a, the stars sort of go through different things. Like right. a, a three yeah, stars, yeah. like, you know, go out of your way, you know, drive two, two hours to get to a place right. and spend, you know, a yeah. thousand bucks Plan on a meal. A diversion, right. Uh, yeah. Or whatever it is. Hey, listen, Upserve is the industry's leading point of sale and restaurant management platform with actionable insights, transparent processing, automated inventory and online ordering, mobile restaurant management, and seamless integration with leading third-party restaurant apps. Upserve is your one-stop shop. Upserve helps you streamline your operations, keep track of inventory, and leverage in-depth analytics to grow your restaurant and your wallet. Think of it as like the magic ingredient for restaurant success with everything you need to efficiently run your restaurant in a single hub and provide five-star hospitality. They handle everything but the food, you still got to do that. Upserve, the industry's leading restaurant management platform and point of sale, allows you to spend more time with your guests and less time in the weeds. I personally am reading it. I mean, you got to love this because you are all about analytics. I love the analytics, and you can literally see like how much you know what they ordered, how much money they spent, how long they were in the restaurant. So you're mm-hmm. getting this sort of like advanced stats and metrics. That's why cool. I personally love Upserve, especially when it's a restaurant that you're not maybe physically operating every day. Right, you like get to look from at afar, it. you can peek in. Right, and even see like, oh, the Johnsons were here last night and they spent this amount of money and they spent this amount of time in the restaurant. So kind of amazing. To learn more about Upserve and save $300 on a new POS today, visit Upserve.com slash starving. That's Upserve.com slash starving for $300 off. But I love what you said. Like, um, But I, I did tell uh, people on our staff the other day that there are going to be restaurants that do get a star that like, are capable of staying open now longer because yeah. of the star. Yeah, so like, it kind of works both ways. Like yeah. the, the, a star can help a lot. It yeah. can actually deter business, I think, on the elite level. Although I'd love to see what that <laughs> – I'd love to have to go through that process of like, oh, you got this amazing award. It's not right. going to be great for business. <laughs> so I might be speculating there since I don't have like yeah. uh, you know, three two-star restaurants, something like that. Yeah. Um, but I will say that it doesn't necessarily solve all problems, yeah. right? And this um, is it. This is like the Super Bowl. This is what I mean. This is, is what it, well, this came up well, in the. Didn't for, you ask me or, or someone on one of the podcasts recently? Would you want a James Beard Award mm-hmm. or a Michelin star? Mm-hmm. That came up, and like I don't know. Like you want praise in all regards. <laughs> As a business person, sure. like it all helps. And, but I think the Michelin. I think the Michelin. Uh, I guess they both are, but I think the Michelin star is a little bit more of a team award. I think it's a little it's bit a more restaurant of award. a like yes. the cooks. On the line, the, the the true cooks that Chad Minton is serving, the people that are fans of that brand, like these are the people that like when you get a star, it, it's everybody's star to share. And every cook in all the – right. It's a restaurant star right. and a staff star. It's the star. front of the house. It's the back of the house. It's everything. Now, not to say that James Beard aren't, but it feels more like the Michelin star is something that's more shared. I agree with you. I mean, just by the fact that the star goes to the restaurant and the James Beard Award goes to the chef, most likely, if it's Typically. like a best chef or whatever it is. Right. What I just said is kind of interesting, too. It's like, hmm, yes, it feels better, probably, to be like, I'm a Michelin star chef or a James Beard Award winner. But I would argue, and this is going to bring another recent podcast guest, Sheldon Simeon. Mm. I just saw an Instagram post of him yesterday. He's on the cover of the Southwest Airlines magazine. Totally. And now here's something that's crazy. That is not a Michelin star. No. Uh, it is recognition. Yes. And that will serve his restaurant incredibly well. Yes. From definitely. being in the Southwest Airlines Everybody magazine. taking those flights to Maui and I forget where else Southwest is flying. Because but on the everyone islands, is on yes. those planes, right? They will see that and they that. will market. They will book that restaurant. We and had this conversation the other day. I forgot. We've never talked about it in the open. But oh. I, uh, when I was flying in to meet you somewhere, I forget where, but um, I was flying in to meet you somewhere and every single person, oh, into, into anyways, Nashville, I, every single person on that plane was talking about where to eat. Right. Every single person, every person around me. And, and I think part of it was that it was a flight from San Diego to Atlanta. And so that was part of it was like it was conference city to conference city kind of right, thing. Right. But like everybody was, ta- where do you eat? Oh, this place is good. It was for the Super Bowl. This place was good. This place was good. Exactly. Right. And like they just like and it's amazing. And so, yes, getting your, your picture on the cover of the in-flight magazine with talking about a restaurant automatically, I think, goes into the, the, the prefrontal cortex and you end up there at, for dinner. Exactly. Yeah. And there's a group that's going to also travel with the Michelin Guide in their pocket or the digital <laughs> version of it that will make a detour for those restaurants as well. But I guess at the end of the day, what I'm saying is, you know, uh, there's just as many there's people prestige. That, there's just as many people it. that do that with the uh, diners, drive-ins and dives. Guide. Well said. Yeah. Well said. So, I mean, we've had many guests recently, uh, well, I guess in the future, that are talking about, like, all press is great. Like, 
next week's episode <laughs> that we just tra- recorded are you, here. You're traveling in Whoa. time? What's it's wrong got, with it you? It got very Westworld in here. Are they in an alternate universe where they go back and forth in time? Oh, Point yeah. being that, like, don't say no to things. Say yes to everything. This was what I was going to say. It's like, it's great to get all these awards. If you're the chef running a local restaurant and uh, United Airlines hits you up to do uh, something in their magazine yeah, and you're like, do it. I don't want to be in the United Airlines, like, you know, gift package thing. Like, do it, bro. Yeah, it's a good. It's, <laughs> because it's going to help so many people. I, I mean, so many people say that, oh, I saw you in the United it's, magazine. It's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy. Well, yeah. they have a captured audience. That's really, especially if it's United because those TVs never work. Oh, and, and, <laughs> and, and the segue is, hey, I'm a silver, uh, well, no, I'm just, a gold. I'm not come, even Come silver. on as a sponsor, United. We'll talk with nice. About there it. we go. Speaking <laughs> about captured audiences, Vegas yeah. Uh, where people are generally captured, where there's lots of Absolutely. great restaurants, lots of great chefs. One of them is Chad Minton, and he's coming up right now. Chad, you had a little trouble finding the, the <laughs> as a Vegas local, but I, I also was just like, I'm here and in in this hotel room at this number, and there's like different towers, and I probably should have been like, you should park close to this restaurant. And then I thought you were close though, because you said you were at Gisa Gisavoy, and. Were you? Were you? Uh, yeah, you were like I? I got a croissant. Oh, okay, you yeah, did. I, you I, did. I, yeah, I ate it on the run. Uh, you know, it's funny because I was here about two weeks ago uh, helping uh, Sean King uh, cater Bon Appetit's uh, uncorked. Okay, event. all right. And um, he was he was doing some work for Slanted Door, and and we had a a setup down there, and it was just he and I. Right. And uh, you know, his restaurant uh, doesn't open for another three months. Got it. So you know, we did all the mise en place at my house. Uh, That's how it is on the road sometimes. Absolute, right? absolute. But it was so funny once we got down there and we started setting up. You know, we have two eight foot tables. And everybody else down there has like full on mobile restaurant build outs. Right. Because they're because their restaurants are open, right? We were a little country. It looked good. It was a great event, but uh very similar in the loadout where, you know, the cars are parked like two miles away and exactly. everybody's trying yeah. to get out. So this is totally my bad though, because like I I'm sure there is a way though, like to be like I'm yeah. Sure. yeah. It's the uh, Augustus Tower on the north side of the Strip on the boulevard, whatever you would call it. So it was a novice, novice mistake for me. Dude, we never come, we, we never come down here, yeah. my wife and I. We, we don't. That, that seems to be, uh, when you're a local, that seems to be the deal, right? Unless you're working, which, which by the way, I'm going to guess, though, 95% of Las Vegas works somewhere around mm-hmm. the Strip, I'm assuming. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, but there's also a ton of wonderful chefs off strip. And, um, you know, I, I need to shout out these local guys. You know, they've really embraced me uh, and been really cool to me and, and welcomed me into their kind of tight knit world. You right. Know? And, uh, you know, I'm not working. Right. So, you know, I've, I've kind of made a name for myself locally for uh, free labor. Right. So, okay. You know, a lot of guys, uh, Johnny Church, uh, uh, Mark Maroney. You know, Brian Howard, uh, Justin Kingsley Hall, you know, these are, and, and my friend Sean King, you know, these are all guys off strip. Right. They're kind of doing their own thing. Right. Now, that's got to be, uh, I, I, I didn't know we were going to go deep dive into the, the challenges of like being a chef in Vegas, but that seems to me like a tremendous challenge, right? Like even just from the, not knowing much about Vegas, what is the, like, uh, what is the tyrant, Lotus of Siam? Is that the, mm-hmm. like, that's, and that's not, that's off strip. Mm-hmm. That's one of the few places though that like nationally, Mm-hmm. get sort of that reputation of like, this is the place you have to go to off strip. Well, you have to realize that, you know, the majority of people working here are in the hospitality industry. Right. And, you know, nobody wants to go eat at their place on their day off. Right, right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, sure. you know, I, uh, just for my own small taste of living here, you know, I couldn't imagine working in a casino, going through what I just did to come see you, <laughs> right, thank you, you know, to go to work every day and right. leave work every day and then, you know, go there on your day off. So there's certainly some convenience involved in being able to just go to a restaurant and park mm. and go to it. That makes sense. So basically the, you know, the, the restaurants, the chefs that are off the strip are catering more to the industry of Las Vegas than, than the restaurants that are in casinos. 100%. 100%. And, you know, I, I know a lot of them, you know, historically have kind of wanted to have some of that, you know, strip tourism dollar, but they don't really need it. Right. Yeah. Is that so? Is there, is there, a, um, is there a rivalry? 
between no. the like no uh, abs- on strip off strip oh sort of. you know yeah yeah in, into that regard. or bi- or even i mean business wise like is there like that like oh well yeah it's easy for you guys to do x amount of millions of dollars a year because these are all things that i'm learning you know uh like i said we did uh, bon appetit's uncorked and then the very next night we did unstripped mm-hmm. which is an annual local event that's kind of the local answer to uncorked right oh i like that okay so um is it so it's set up sort of like uh you know not to use a horrible political analogy but like trump comes to town and then beto o'rock does something you know off to the side that's not quite as uh you know that's the response the rebuttal very much right. so. Yeah, very much so. And, and, and it was all local. And, uh, you know, I, I finally got to meet James Trees. Uh, he's the chef over at Esther's Kitchen. Wonderful guy. All really, really good cooks. And, yeah, the local chef community here is extremely supportive. I mean, it seems like there's at least one event, you know, a big citywide type of thing right. every, every, every month. Listen, I've been looking for ways to get more vegetables into my diet. I know a lot of people make green smoothies, but only putting vegetables into my smoothies can make them, you know, taste not so great. That's why I love Dole Fruit and Veggie Blends. They're created amazing, balanced recipes of frozen fruits and veggies, so I know I'll always get a delicious smoothie. All the work of pairing great-tasting fruits and veggies is done for me. I can blend great flavors like berries and kale or fruits and greens in with some almond milk. Then seconds later, I'm sipping on a tasty smoothie and getting essential nutrients into my diet. And the best part is I don't have to wash or prep anything. It's all ready to go. It's like each bag was born to be blended. With fruit picked at peak ripeness, I know I'm getting a delicious and satisfying smoothie every time, sneaking more veggies into my day. It's never been easier or tastier. Dole Fruit and Veggie Blends, find them in your frozen aisle today. Now, you you had said that uh, everyone here has welcomed you warmly and like there was a little surprise. I'm a chef who has sort of... um, you know, transplanted to a few cities myself in my career, in my life. And that's not an easy thing to do. Like I, I saw like a genuine, like, oh, wow, it's to come in and you have a, a business, you're a chef with a reputation. Like you can't just plop in and be like, oh, great. Everyone's going to just, yeah, <laughs> if, if anything, you got to sort of like prove your metal again. Absolutely. You know, and, and, and it's a lot of small steps, you know, um, I, I miss, I miss, the kitchen, you know, there's a lot of stuff that I, I, I miss about my career as a chef and, and, you know, being able to help these guys with offsite functions makes me remember really quickly how much hard work there is involved in doing right. what we do. And, 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 and I try to, you know, I, I, spending the predominant, you know, part of my career working in hotels, you know, I've done some offsites in my time. And, and, you know, I, I, I think that I can help these guys. So I just, I just try to do the most despicable thing, you know, at these offsites, whether it's the breakdown, the setup, work, the grill, you know, mm. whatever, and, and, and just go really hard. And, and, um, it's fun. Yeah. I think it's know? one of, that's fun. one of those things as someone who is on the festival circuit myself, that is really, actually it'd be a really neat, um, you maybe you've already covered it with true cooks, but like it'd be a neat behind the scenes sort of part because people come, they spend X hundreds of dollars, thousands of dollars sometimes for these festivals. They show up, there's a hundred restaurants outside in a ridiculous sort of situation, Mm -hmm. very like top chef sort of, you know, TV challenge scenario, or they're in a big conference room Mm -hmm. and yeah, there's a hundred restaurants, but each of those restaurants have to set up a portable kitchen, a mobile, have to have a plan, also, not to mention the labor, which you're helping these guys out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's and, and no one makes money off of that. If, if anything, the restaurants are paying to be a part of these festivals where people get upset because the line's too long for an arancini <laughs> or whatever it is. So the behind the scenes of festival life is something that maybe. I mean, could you see? Uh, have you guys covered that with True Cooks at all, or a l- little bit? You know, I mean, comedically, I, I, even as I know that you're dabbling now in uh, in, in more. Comedy media. It's it's something that we've been talking about, and and we wanted to try try to roll it out at NRA. Um, we we just got back from a week in Chicago, right? And, so National um, Restaurant Association, not to be confused it, with the Rifle Association. Terrible. Acronym. Not that I mean I don't know. You, unless it is. I just want to make sure it was. It is the restaurant. Association. It, okay, yeah, right. Okay, the the big restaurant show. Right, there you go. And um, but yeah, no, we wanted to shoot some like uh, you know just walking around and talking to the different you know vendors and you know there's there's kind of some absurd stuff there and you know I thought it would be fun to kind of do like a 
Tonight Show kind of man on the street, you know, mm-hmm. tell me more about these bongs. Yeah, well, yeah. sir, they're not bongs. These are, you know, glass pepper mills. Yeah, right. I like that. But tell me more about the bongs. <laughs> <laughs> but we were just so busy, you know, we, we couldn't do it. And, and honestly, I think that next year, you know, we're looking at employing a strategy where it's less trade show and more chef-driven events. Right. You know, uh, I think, you know, with all due respect to the National Restaurant Association show, you know, there's not a whole hell of a lot of chefs there. Right. You know, I think that... Well, now they come, there's going to be... I mean, you you guys were up there, right? Yeah. Um, And then you're going to have someone representing a knife company well let me let me rephrase product. that there, right. there there was there was thousands of chefs there but but proportionately to the overall attendance there's very few right. chefs there sure. I, I think that we could touch more chefs and cooks and the people that are you know actually our fans doing the work you know at, at chef driven events right so and and and, and with that of course we do want to get some content and and what that content right. looks like it could be a lot of fun yeah that nra show is um i haven't been uh, this year i didn't go i think it's been like two years since i've gone but i've gone a bunch it is fun but you're right it's it's all different types of things it's it's products it's it's cleaning supplies it's big box restaurants it's corporate it's hotel and then there's a couple little chefs and then but it is it is sort of like big and wide uh and that can be uh, one of the challenges of it for sure i like your idea though we should do like a some sort of or you should do some sort of like Sasha Baron Cohen. Like I say, like to him say, tell me about this bong. It's cheese or whatever it is. I think that's going to work. Uh, so the, the, you know, as a fan, you know, I'm a fan. You've been on the podcast before. Thank you. It seems like, you know, true cooks, which is amazing, which, which also I'm surprised that you would even think that like local chefs wouldn't just like absorb you because you speak on their behalf so frequently and so loudly. Um, which I mean, that surprises me that you would be like, oh yeah, the the local restaurants don't don't think I'm I'm terrible. Yeah, or, or, or right, that you would be surprised. I mean, I, that's maybe just your uh, self deprecating side. Yeah, maybe, but you know, at the same time, historically, I've never really had a lot of patience for chefs that aren't cooking. Right. Oh, I get it. You know what I mean? Oh, that's your own problem, though. <laughs> this is and this, and this can sometimes on the podcast we get into some of these like weird personal demon sort of things. I think even the last two episodes, Josiah Citrin last week was talking about that. Like, that's your issue. <laughs> that's not everyone else's issue. Like, you used to be a chef then that like uh, definitely had a problem with maybe the chef like me who's like, oh, it's a TV guy. Maybe he's not in the kitchen as much. Like, I'm in there. You're wearing a Tony Bourdain show, shirt. Um, which I mean, I, I think was also the type of chef who was like, once he stepped away from like being on the line all the time, was very uh, overtly like, "Hey, I'm not well, cooking." He, right he's now. he's the patron saint though mm-hmm. of stepping away from the stove, though, isn't he? It, this, well, this is true. Well, and, and you're following, yeah, you're following in good footsteps if that's the way you're, you're you're doing it, but with respect, right? Like that's where it comes Certainly. from. It's like I can't really talk about being in a restaurant if I'm not in a restaurant. No, but, we don't want to exploit these things. You know, I think as working chefs, we've all been exploited enough by the powers that be. We want to celebrate them. Mm, and that's what True Cooks does. Exactly. Like, to the bone, right? Like, you're speaking to, obviously, the chefs, the sous chefs as well, but what I really love about True Cooks is you're speaking to the line dog. And I, I don't know why I use the word dog to try to sound <laughs> cool. But you're, you're, you're speaking to the, the, the man or woman who, who wakes up every day. And is putting in that 14-hour day. The millions of faceless cooks all over the world. Right. Um, recently, so like True Cooks is uh, you know, no, known for their merch. But recently there has been this like sort of uh, transformation into media and comedy mm-hmm. and a lot more writing content. Where, where is that? What is, is that just evolution, natural evolution? Or? Absolute natural evolution, you know, and we deal with the, the resources that we have. And, you know, for the first several years, I worked really hard to try to create uh, additional value mm-hmm. to, to, to True Cooks uh, in whatever ways I could. And it was a lot of blog content. We did a lot of um, uh, kind of thoughtful interviews. Um, breaking, you know, new chefs and, and chefs that have always supported us. And, and, and we were very successful with that stuff. But then, you know, we doubled basically in size and it pulled me away from doing a lot of the creative stuff and um, just managing the business and keeping things uh, going. And, right. you know, since the Spiceology acquisition, you know, we've, we've inherited um, some some support, a lot of support, uh, whether it be through order fulfillment, um, production, uh, management of the inventory, um, and it allows me to, to to do a little bit more creative stuff, some more fun stuff. I mean, we have a budget just like anybody else, so you know we have to be cognizant of that. 
Um, but but it's allowed me to do more creative, fun things for the brand. Yeah, the analogy there is if you're the working chef, like it's hard to write the menu when you're chopping the carrots right. all day long, right? Exactly. I mean, as a working chef, like that's always kind of the struggle. It's like, oh, yeah, of course I want to sit down and go over the menu with my admin person upstairs to make sure everything's spelled right and make sure it sounds great, but someone's got to break down this pig right now. So it's a great metaphor, and it's exactly, you know, exactly what's happened with True Cooks. And, and you know, it, it takes some time, and, and you got to crack a few eggs to make an omelet, you know, and we've certainly made a few mistakes, and, you know, we learn from them and grow. Right. What's the formula? Is it like, um, like again, I, th- I love this sort of comedy angle. Is it Chef's Office mm-hmm. that you guys are doing right now? <laughs> that's you. like a deep episodic run of like scenarios that have ever, we've all seen play out right. in restaurants. How fun, how fun has that been, first of all? Uh, it, it's been a lot of fun. And, and I think the, the neatest thing is, is that we're using staff from Spiceology, and it's all filmed at the Spiceology offices. And right. You know, I didn't really go up there when we started shooting them with the intent to to do a chef's office. I was literally just sitting in the offices there looking and I was like, oh, my God, this looks exactly like Scranton. (laughs) What can we do? So, so, you know, we'll we'll grab a guy, you know, one of the sales guys, you know, hey, when you're done with this call, can you come over here and pretend like you're stashing, you know, uh, towels in the ceiling tiles? And so it's fun. You know, it it involves everyone. and, and, And we also work. Um, with a small restaurant there um, that allows us space. But what I'd really like to see with that idea is for it to grow and to be able to take me out of it and to be able to shoot those scenarios um, at restaurants all over the country. Right. Well, that also makes it, uh, I mean, it's a good business plan because like, you can't do everything yourself anyway, right? And you're, you're going to get some good on-location stuff. So would you then show up and how, would, just, would people just give you the... Or send you or, or or send you the material, or would you shoot with I, them? I, well, we loosely script them, and 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 you know, then we kind of feel it out as we shoot it. Um, but I, I think that it would be scripted by me, and 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 then you know, can we shoot it here? Can we shoot it there? Because I mean, the point is, is that these are all universal challenges that everybody goes through. So I thought it visually it would be cool if it was. You know, the barbecue restaurant in Kansas City one week and the fine dining restaurant in Chicago the next week or, you know, whatever. Yeah, well, then you're going to get the, the authentic, like what, what your brand is, is sort of capturing the authenticity of it. And like, yes, I'm sure you, you, you cook a mean pork butt over some, you know, <laughs> simmering, you know, hardwood, but uh, you're going to get a more authentic barbecue piece when you're in a, a barbecue place. It's cool for the viewer too, I think, to be able to see in uh, other people's kitchens. Yeah. What do you, when you're trying, like, so for that idea, it's kind of just happened organically. You're just sitting Mm -hmm. down looking at things, just like how a good dish sometimes comes into play. You're like looking at a piece of tuna and you're like, oh, it looks like watermelon. Mm -hmm. This might be, this might actually work because they look similar. Have there been, like, you said, you know, break a few eggs. You can't make an omelet without breaking a few eggs, that sort of thing. Is, is that the creative sort of, um, philosophy like hey keep producing content if something sticks we will continue or is everything really really more it, curated than that no it, it it certainly has been you know that that has been the pattern and it's also been the pattern with um releases you know i think we did last year i think we did over 60 different items mm-hmm. throughout the year and you know i create those i i i, I do about 75% of the art and then I've got a professional artist that helps me with things that are outside of my wheel box and the really nice stuff he he does and and but I, I collaborate with him but outside of that you know I do everything myself and and it's it's a leap of faith sometimes you know and and it, it very much is like rolling out new menu items you know and if you kind of love it but you're on the fence on right. it you know are people going <laughs> to like this you know you're probably not going to you know, prep a thousand orders of that right out the gate. You know, you'll probably start conservatively, run it as a special, see if people feel it. And then if they are, you know, you're going to make whatever tweaks and, and, and then roll it out. Sure. The you love sardines. We love sardines as chefs. You don't sell many sardines. <laughs> it's, a, it's a hard one. Yeah. <laughs> right? Is it time to put the heat back in your relationship with breakfast, but a hot breakfast just sounds like too much work? Yeah, I get it. Well, it's time to head on over to the egg aisle and pick up Just Crack an Egg. It's a hot, fluffy breakfast scramble that'll have you back in hot breakfast love in less than two minutes. All you've got to do is add a fresh egg over their hearty breakfast fixins, then stir, microwave, and reignite your love of breakfast. And something else you'll love about Just Crack an Egg is that it has no artificial flavors, dyes, or preservatives. But even better is how fluffy and cheesy and delicious it is, just like me. Uh-huh. You don't think? Yes. It comes in seven different varieties, including three brand new kinds, veggie, Southwest style, and protein pack scrambles, or just try one of the classics like Denver or 
the all American. I'm an I'm a Denver omelet guy. I, I'm probably a veggie. <laughs> yeah, of course you're a veggie. So listen, don't wait for the weekend to get a little hot, hearty breakfast love into your AM. It's time to run with your arms wide open to the egg aisle and take breakfast back with just crack an egg. Alexa isn't the only one with breaking news. Make sure to hang around at the end of this podcast for the latest breaking headlines on the AP News Minute. Hey, listen, if you like our show, you're going to love Enough About Me with Shep Rose on Podcast One. Join the Southern Charm star as he talks about reality TV and beyond with his wide array of interesting friends. Download new episodes of Enough About Me every week on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Now back to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. In the True Cooks portfolio, is there the sardine? Do you have a good sardine sort of example of like a piece of merch or mm-hmm. a piece of art that you loved mm-hmm. and you were like, this is this is the guy right here. And yeah. It just know, didn't move or it just didn't connect for some reason. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, I, I stumbled across a uh, 19, I think, I think it's 1973 uh, Rolex ad out of Life magazine of Paul Bacuse. And um, it's a shot of him standing in the kitchen superimposed over a a Rolex watch. Right. And I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. (laughs) And I couldn't find a um, version of it on the Internet that was high res enough to be Mm -hmm. able to modify it. So I ended up um, finding the actual 1973 Life magazine um, that it ran in and won it on an eBay auction in mint condition. Wow. And then I got that. To get the ad, I tear the ad out, I give it to my digital guy, and you know we make the the watch gold and the 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 face of it you know black and white grainy like the original picture and and we printed that on a tee and i just I thought it was the coolest thing in the world and um man, it took like two years to sell them all right yeah, I mean first of all, that is the coolest thing <laughs> because you i mean I think and we and the first time we were on a skype but um, like I, you know, we talked about like how like sort of hip hop or skating culture, mm-hmm. a lot of this comes into play with True Cooks. Like to me, when you find that, and you're like, yeah, Paul Bocuse was rocking some bling yeah. back in the early '70s, <laughs> yeah. and like this is Biggie or Tupac, but it's Bocuse. Yep. Like that that does sound like a True Cooks like slam dunk, and it just did not move. You think that's because you're? Do you think that be, it's? This is just me like throwing this out there. Do people really know who Paul Bocuse is? Like, does your does your demographic? really know Paul Bocuse? It's a, it's a great question. Your eyes popped and, open and, there a little wider well, because, because it is he, interesting. Well, because we both know that he said some crazy shit back in the day. I mean, right. he, he really did. And, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think the first woman worked at his Ooh. restaurant until I want to say 1996. Oh, I'm not a nasty, I, I don't know the deep dive on Bocuse, but yeah, yeah. that is okay. I had a former chef, a former chef at Ritz Carlton. Uh, he's the executive chef of um, LA Live right now. His name's Eric Branger. And uh, I worked for Eric at the Ritz Carlton uh, Atlanta for about a year and a um, hundred years ago and he was actually a, a Bocuse apprentice okay. and, and he, he, he slept in the barn and did the whole third world and uh, you know, worked his way up to sous chef and when he came to the States and joined Ritz-Carlton in the 80s he was coming as a Bocuse sous chef Right. So, so okay. We so, heard we've heard a lot of the stories. Got it. So like, but but I, you're saying maybe people you know are, would re- repel or rebel against this like Bocuse and you know some of the things he stands for truly and understandably. But I just think it's because kids are young, and they yeah. you know they've heard Bocuse, they know Bocuse door, mm-hmm. but they they might not you know I I don't know how many young cooks you should cover this in uh, chef's office like are going back to be like okay like uh, who's Marco Pierre White I'll bet you you single handedly have introduced people. To Marco Pierre White, young people in our industry, new, newer cooks. Thank you. Well, I, I hope so. You know, and, and I, it, it dawned on me when I was working in New York that a bunch of my guys had no idea who he was. And, right. And that was just unthinkable to me. You know, the guys that I came up cooking with, we all worshipped him, you know. And, and, you know, to be so true to yourself, to sacrifice at the level that he did to attain the things that he did only to find out that everything that he ever worked for was bullshit and it ruined his life and to have the integrity to walk away from this thing before it completely destroys you. I mean, it just, it it blew us away. I mean, he, he was, he was absolutely the king for that. I mean, we couldn't believe it. And that was pre-internet. You know, I think that at the time we were, when I say we, me and all of my cook buddies at the time, you know, 
I think we were we were finding this out either through our chef or through like Food Arts Magazine, probably. Right. right. Well, now you probably, and I know you've done this obviously because you're a scholar, and you, and we know you like to dive deep into the archives uh, and bid on seventy three Time Magazine Boku's <laughs> um, ads. Um, but have you seen? Have you gone back like uh, on YouTube, like some like old Marco Pierre White TV like interviews and like. A lot of that stuff, yeah, and 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 you know, initially when we first started True Cooks, and and you know, we did that image on the shirt, you know, um, it immediately had a great response. And uh, Marco Junior, his son, mm. who's kind of a in the UK, he's kind of a kind of a Paris Hilton character. I was going to say, like I've a, only I've only know him on the gram. Yeah, you know? he's, yeah, he's kind of a like a debutante, kind of celebutant type of type of character, and and um, he was real big on the gram when we first started True Cooks, and and he immediately got involved, um, was super super excited. Um, we uh, did you mean on the approval side of this correct, as well? Yeah, correct. Of course. Yeah. And and um, you know, and and it was really him. You know, there's a couple of fake accounts over the years of him, and um, it was really him. He sent me some pictures of him and his dad together, and um, you know, his dad. Even though there is an account, he's not on Instagram, and he doesn't really understand it. It's not his thing. <laughs> right. You know, right. He's in the bush hunting and fishing. The um, <clears throat> he loves it. He, he he was very flattered with it. We sent him a huge box. Uh, they couldn't pick it up at their post office and six months later we got it back um but what was interesting is is that that image um uh, marco's family doesn't own oh, okay. and i mm. ended up um becoming very 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 familiar with and speaking <laughs> with the um proprietor of uh bob bob carlos clark's estate and okay. Bob Carlos Clark was the penthouse photographer that shot those images. Right. And this is for White Heat. Yeah. Correct. Right. And uh, they were he was friends with Marco and big surprise penthouse photographer. And um, you know that's that's kind of how they, they they made that book together. Um, he committed suicide. He threw himself in front of a, tra- oh. a, tra- a train Eek. several years ago. Um, it's kind of a sad story, and his um, uh, business partner manager uh, has uh, control over all of the images. We were able to make a deal, and um, you know, I, I don't think they understood the scale of what we were doing. You know, I think that they thought we were making millions of these shirts. <laughs> right, and right. I'm like, well, no, actually, my wife and I are mailing these out of my garage. But right. the deal is, is that the reason why I did it is, is that. Uh, I love Marco, and a lot of young people aren't really aware of you know what 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 he did and what you know he stands for, and I'm hoping to be able to introduce more people to Marco, and subsequently they hopefully will buy White Heat, yeah, and yeah. they saw the, the the value in that for sure. I think you, I think you've done that, and I think uh, hopefully uh, you know I'm I'm helping you know, uh, younger generations as well, just like introducing them, like hey, you know I know everyone wants to know the next hot chef somewhere in Scandinavia that's. <laughs> You know, uh, doing you know uh, roasting penguin eggs or whatever it is, right. and that's all awesome. And like we all love that, but like sometimes to move forward, like just go backwards, right? And mm-hmm. like you know, read some of these old stories. But uh, if if anyone wants to take the dive on the YouTube and find some Marco Pierre White where he's making mashed potatoes in a Roboku and doing just like a straight mm-hmm. up you know five minute like dish, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, on the BBC or whatever it was from like the eighties. Uh, pretty pretty amazing stuff, and I was, I'm up here in Vegas actually working with uh, did something with Gordon yesterday, so like and you and you you, you can unlock some really really amazing mm-hmm. footage and material, or even like Gordon Ramsay's Boiling Point. Have you have you seen Boiling Point? But how about <laughs> how about before we deconstruct something, can we just make it right? Right. Okay. You know. Yeah. But, but before we start taking things apart and you know subtracting elements and you know re interpreting them you know let's just make it good first yeah this is true before you're going to you know dehydrate uh pulverize uh rehydrate a tart to tan <laughs> let's just make a good one form first. it back into the shape of the original ingredient uh right sometimes it's good to just you know good good cooking right it's never going to go out of style and, and sometimes it can be lost on us and not not obviously with the great restaurants um do you think speaking of which again being in vegas and you had mentioned like the local scene here but you you as a cook again working on all these great restaurants at michelin starred chefs um do you think that Vegas, if you can't travel the world, mm-hmm. do you think it's worth going to Vegas so that you can, like, again, yes. go to Guy's restaurant, go yes. to Joel Robuchon? Yes. Yeah. Yes, I do. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you, you nailed it. Yeah, Robuchon, you know, um, 
Ducasse has been here. I don't know who's here now. The point is I'm just yeah. walking down the strip yesterday yep. because we're getting ready to open up a spot in a couple months. And I'm realizing, like, I mean, any hot restaurant pretty much in the country – for the most part, is here. Your somewhere. buddy Michael Simon's new barbecue place. <laughs> I had a piece of kielbasa there about a month ago. Is the most delicious kielbasa I think I've See, ever had. I love. I, I mean, and, and right. So like kielbasa barbecue, uh, Ohio Cleveland, barbecue. right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like you, you got to bring you got to bring the Midwest into it. But like again, yeah, whatever. I mean, whether you're a fan of just you know watching food TV, but but real chefs. Like I mean, I'm mm-hmm. over at the Cosmopolitan yesterday, and like yeah, you're not going to go to Momofuku and see David Chang most likely stuffing a bow. But you're gonna get uh, you're gonna get they're, they're good recipes. These are quality quality chefs. You're gonna get a good iteration of of what that experience is like. When uh, Bizarre SLS opened in Hollywood or L.A., mm-hmm. um, I was the chef at the Ritz Carlton in Marina Del Rey, and my executive committee um, did lots of um, uh, site inspections of that property right and we did a lot of dining there um at the opening when he was there whenever you know it's it's firing on all cylinders um my wife and i ate at sls um uh, here right uh twice now and i'll tell you what man it was 100 percent dead on exactly the same yeah, no variance whatsoever, and and I think historically, you know, people would say, oh yeah, it's it's uh, you know it's uh, Guy Savoir Ducasse, but it's Vegas Guy Savoir, right, right, sure. But I don't know, man. Like I've had a couple of meals at, at the the New York one or the L A one and the this one, right? And 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 for the most part, they're dead on. Yeah, I mean that that's a hundred percent right. So like again, you're not you you might not get even like something like Shake Shack, right? Mm-hmm. It's not Madison Square Park. Mm-hmm. In the fall, mm-hmm. ten years ago, right? Great there, there, there is something about capturing like the original location and when the chef maybe was more in the building. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for a young cook, <laughs> yeah. for a young cook, like yeah, I mean, it might it might cost twenty thousand dollars to go to Europe uh, or to, to fly to Chicago, New York, and L.A. and San Francisco when you can come here and spend you know at least the same amount of money mm-hmm. and hit. 10 times more of those restaurants. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would say, yeah, come, come to Vegas, not just for the things that Vegas is known for. Um, but if you're a young cook, it's, it's, a, it's a nice place to get some meals. Because don't, don't you agree, like, you learn as much from just eating a meal? As- I think I started coming here in with some regularity in the late 90s, probably like 97, 98. That was probably about the same time I first started getting some paid decently, too. So, yeah, th- that was my first thing was to come here. And, and I don't gamble. You know, I would come here and, and, and try to eat, you know, at four or five different places or whatever. But no, I absolutely agree. You know, um, the early part of my career, you know, I had my stable job as a cook at the Ritz-Carlton. But then I would stage because I, I was a cook at the Ritz-Carlton. You know, the chefs around town at the freestanding restaurants in San Francisco were willing to, you know, at least allow me to come in and trail and what have you. You know, and I worked everywhere in town if for nothing else than just to be able to eat there. Yeah, exactly. And the meals can teach you a lot. For 120 years, S. Pellegrino sparkling mineral water has been an iconic symbol of style and taste thanks to its Italian heritage. It kind of feels like S. Pellegrino has been sponsoring the podcast for 120 years. Amazingly. And in, a, in a good yes, way, right? Thankfully. Like they've been here yes. from jump. S. Pellegrino. Day one. Day one. Day one. In a world of unlimited choices, the iconic green bottle with the Red Star, it's become a universal beacon of unique taste experiences. And with its distinctive gentle bubbles, subtle nuances, and perfect mineral balance, S. Pellegrino not only pairs well, it enhances the tastes of nearly all cuisines, even mine. That's why I serve it in all my restaurants and even at home with my family. It's these special experiences with family and friends that matter most. You know, a crowded dinner table, a shared moment, a time to reconnect, tell stories, be thankful, laugh, and have fun. And as we're moving on through the year, uh, you can plan unforgettable meals in the most memorable moments. With S. Pellegrino on the table, you'll find a moment of great taste waiting to be enjoyed. To unlock more tasteful moments and culinary tips, visit www.sanpellegrino.com slash U.S. Mm-hmm. Near the end of the podcast, you down to play a little game? Yeah, I think it's, I, absolutely. Okay, it's yeah. in the it's in the True Cooks, the Chad Mitten wheelhouse here. Okay. This is going to be true or new, true cook or new cook. It might be something you've even parodied. Okay. Who knows? So I'll I'll give you a scenario and you tell me if it's a, if it's a true cook or a new cook. Got it. Um, upon receiving good news of being hired at a restaurant, quickly notifies the chef that there's a couple weeks coming up here that he's got to. 
be out of town for. <laughs> that's de- definitely New Cook. New Cook. Okay, that that was an easy one, but and that's one you probably have captured on the chef's office. I think I've seen something similar to that. Okay, smuggles in their own mise en place. True Cook. True Cook. See, now I like this. Do you have any? You have any? Everyone's got this story. This kind of blows people's minds that, like, in an intense kitchen. The work is so hard sometimes that like cooks feel the pressure that maybe bring in some sliced uh, or maybe not sliced chives, but some turned turned carrots or something like that. You know, I was actually leaning more towards like uh, tasting tryouts. Okay. Where, you know, you get to come in and cook everything from scratch and you've got, you know, 90 minutes, but you know damn good and well you're not going to braise anything or slow cook anything or make anything that you're really super excited about in 90 minutes. So maybe you might just braise something uh, at home the night oh, before. Oh, 100%. And bring that, that that's, in a duffel bag. That's, that's just, yeah, true cook, smart cook. Like, that's chef status right there. Yeah, and the other one, I guess, could go both ways, right? Maybe you're hardcore and you're bringing in some turned carrots, or maybe you're just so <laughs> novice that, like, that's a new cook thing, but... Uh, there we go. Next one. Um, they have their own bain marie from a mustard pot that they got somewhere on a travel to Europe. Yeah, that's a that's a true cook. That is a true cook. Yeah. And right now they probably got a true cook's uh, sticker on the bain marie next to their saffron tin. Right next to their saffron <laughs> tin. Next to the okay. What are some other things that are always? This Pur- is a purple, total- purple rubber bands. Oh, purple rubber bands. I have one on right now. It's not nice. purple, but I got, I got the, you got the Brock. I'm gonna, that, that'd be a good one. You, have you done that? Uh, I, I've got some really beautiful high-res photography of um, like super jumbo asparagus. Yes. With the purple rubber bands on it. And, and we've always wanted to do something with it. We're, Yo, we're, let's do the Richard Blaze just bracelet line. But it's just lobster rubber bands and broccoli and asparagus. I love that. <laughs> I love that. You, you know, it's funny, man. I don't know if you saw him, but there was a Nike Dunk uh, several years ago that was a lobster edition I, Dunk. I'm, I'm with a sneakerhead. With the yeah, rubber I, bands on it. They, you, can, you can find them somewhere. You can, you can find them. But they, they, they're pretty pricey now. But yep. I did love that. But I don't think the average... Well, I mean, maybe the average skateboarder is also, you know, slinging some shifts at the uh, lobster roll. Man, we have Jack. so many cooks that skate. It's, 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 it's extraordinary. And, and we're going to do something for them this year. I'm really excited. Oh, I love it. that. I love that. And that's true. Like, especially when I came out to California, I'm just blown away how many people are skateboarding. Uh, or or even biking to work, which is kind of uh, – it's, it's insane. Um, yeah, the True Cooks uh, sticker on the uh, the mustard jar for the Bay is classic. Um, okay, True Cook or New Cook, they think a coon spoon is a metric measurement. That's a New Cook. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I would get you to, to, to laugh harder cook. at that one. That's a New Cook. Uh, that's a New Cook, right? Um, and if you don't know what a coon spoon is, you want to break it down for our, for our people? Yeah, that's, that's the, the brainchild of my main man, Tim Musing, uh, CEO, president of uh, the one and only J.B. Prince Ooh. in New York City. Now, are you going deep on the coon spoon, uh, the, 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 the history? Absolutely, man. And, you know, it's a, the you know, origin he, story. He, he, it's such an interesting story, man, because, you know, I mean, he, he, it was his baby. He approached Gray about it, and, um, you know, they, they were able to strike a deal. And um, he he really risked a lot on the first production of those things, and and you know the the first box that they were shipped in, uh, the box cost three times as much as the spoon did. <laughs> right, right. And um, you know he was really sweating it, and then uh, the New York Times did a piece on it, and they sold out the same day. Mm. And from there, it's just been a phenomenon. So who, whose idea was it originally? Do you know? That's Tim's. Wow, that's insane. Yeah, it's Tim's. Uh, well, are you a true cooker or a new cook? If you got the gold plat, plat the gold. Plaid one, <laughs> plated one. Uh, you know, <laughs> that, that, it could go either way. Okay, fair enough. You know, that could go either way. Fair enough. Yeah, you could be just like you're hardcore and you love it, and mm-hmm. you're a collector, mm-hmm. or just you're a total douchebag. Yeah, just like <laughs> <laughs> the new guy. <laughs> <laughs> the new guy, exactly. Okay, um, this person is always speaking about the new guy. This person's always talking. Oh, I gave that one away a little bit. Is always talking about how they did it at their last job. That's it, man. New, right? new guy. The, the new, new guy. guy always letting people know how they did it in Ducasse, Monaco. Not even, probably. That, you know, that- I'll tell you what, everybody's done that. And, you know, I remember saying that myself. And it's like one of those things that, like, as soon as those words come out of your mouth, it's like nails on the chalkboard. It's like, you know, cars crashing, trains going off the rails. And, and like, you just wish you could take those words and put them back in your mouth. And, yeah. yeah. You're right. Everyone is guilty of it. I remember actually having, and it was in culinary school. But I remember I was having trouble, and it was like a like it was actually a really good like garmanger class in culinary school where you're doing like pate campagna and like you know ballantines and galantines and like really chauffeur and all that sort of stuff. Um, I remember like being watching a demo, 
and like and interrupting the instructor and be like, oh, I, 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 I do it like this where I worked before I came to culinary school. <laughs> and then, you know, he, being shut down a few times, but then also like, like not failing, but making something that wasn't beautiful and realizing like, just shut up and like work and listen. Yeah. And it was a big lesson though in listening, which yeah. is tough because you do want to impress people. You do want to let people know, I worked at this place. Mm-hmm. There's another way to do it even. I'm really dedicated to this. Right. I'm really into this. Right. Know? Sometimes yeah. it's coming from a good place, but we, totally. like, we've done it. Okay. Uh, True Cook, New Cook, passive aggressively cleans your station. It's not even their station. They're coming over to clean your station. Oh, jeez. Yeah, I'm guilty of that. That'll be a True Cook's move. Yeah, yeah. It's a True Cook slash kind of dick movie sort of I just got to keep it moving you know it's like once it's, you're like a shark when you're on the line you know and like you know sharks they they have to constantly swim to push air through their gills and the second they stop swimming they sink yeah you know and and sometimes I feel like that when I'm on the line you know I mean long day you know and it, like we're just you know whether you're waiting to take that last piece of meat out of the oven or you know whatever it's just like Jesus man I just got to keep moving. Or oh, I like that. Crash. Yeah, exactly. I love the analogy there. That I keep swimming, or else you're gonna you're gonna, you're gonna start bubbling a little bit. Uh, I fold, I'm a fold a towel folder. Yeah. That's sort of my passive aggressive. <laughs> start folding all your towels, which could lead to a fight, probably. Um, this is true. Cook or new cook lost a relationship, a personal relationship, for labeling, dating, and initialing spices at home. Oh my goodness! Wow. <laughs> Wow. Um, well, that's probably True Cooks, you know. I mean, I, you know, when we first started True Cooks, you know, we, we had all of our, our, our you know, what, let's say T-shirts, you know, on these metro shelves in the garage or in the spare room or whatever. And when we would get new T-shirts in, I would then rotate the old T-shirts. So it was like a first in, first out thing. And, and my wife was like, honey, they're T-shirts. You right, they don't spoil. Right. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, you're right. This is right. great. Just they're put them gonna, in the front. They're not going to go bad. Um, but that, I, I think that's another lesson too as you're coming up, right? Is like being like, yes, of course you want your home kitchen organized. But like yeah. I'm, my, my, my family is always blown away by the fact that like I'm washing dishes while I'm cooking. Mm-hmm. Just because, like you said, that's what you kind of do. Like, yeah. I got three minutes, this thing simmering over here. I'm going to wash some dishes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just like some of those lessons that you can't erase. And, and yeah, there are people that have lost relationships because of, uh, they can't get out of there. Have you been able to do that now that you're, like, away? Like, can you relax? I, and have, just... I have perspective now, you know. Uh, Is that a, 20, just... a 25-year-old Chad was just a pain in the ass, you know. And I apologize to, you know old girlfriends old roommates sure you know? sure i mean what a pretentious prick you know now I does mean, that does that come with age and wisdom absolutely. or success it, or success perspective okay. you know perspective you know i mean you start off at your career you know and you're learning all these things and you're being exposed to all these new techniques and new flavors and you know you want to show everybody you know how dedicated you are and how smart you are and you know how clever you are through all of these different techniques and flavors and you know, and, and then, you know, as you grow older, you know, you start simplifying the process and you start realizing like where, what is really important and, and, you know, how to communicate better, uh, not just with words, but with food. And, you know, I mean the, the perspective, the life perspective you have at 45 versus 25, you know, that I have, you know, I, I can look back and see all the stupid things I've said and, you know, and, and, and the dumb things that I've, you know, made people do in the kitchen. And, you know, I, and I'm just thankful that I still have all the friends that I have. Right, right. <laughs> you, know? you know what used to bother me? It was like probably maybe you too, Bob. It was like when you're talking about perspective. And, and I, internally I used to have this. I, it used to bother me so much when like uh, you had a sales rep for like whatever, a Cisco or something like that. And, you know, you're buying just, you know, plastic wrap from them. And uh, – like they were in the industry, mm-hmm. like so. And there's so many people that are like, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I was a chef, but I got out. Mm-hmm. For some, and that used to bother me. I used to oh, be yeah. like, oh, dude, you can't, you know, like the old Marco Pierre White thing. Like, oh, I like it when a boy can't make it in the kitchen because it makes me feel better about myself. Now I have a total different perspective mm-hmm. on that because of family and life and things like that. It used to bother you as well, that sort of thing. Like, yeah, absolutely. You know, well, if you were such a great chef, why aren't you cooking? Right, 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 exactly. You know, I mean, it's we see it in skateboarding a lot. People that say, "Oh, I used to skate," and it's like, really? Well, why'd you quit? You know, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, you don't have to, you know, kickflip down the twenty stair to to skate. You can go roll around the skate park, and you know, I mean, there's right. a lot of people much older than me still putting in work. You know, the same as like with cooking. You know, how could you? 
how could you sacrifice and 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 dedicate yourself to something you know that is so challenging to become a chef to say oh well i used to be a chef you know for me it's like like saying oh well i used to be a doctor right mm. Mm. Interesting. I just saw Tony Hawk eating a hand roll in L.A. like three days ago, which was kind of amazing. What a class act that guy is yeah. as a spokesperson for skateboarding. He really is. Right. And, and he's he like, like you're saying, ever. here's a guy who's all, I mean, obviously, it's maybe a little you know, easier for him because he's in his you know, early 50s. Right. Yeah. But he's just, you know, he's still out there doing it and still out there talking about it. Mm-hmm. Who's the Tony Hawk of the culinary world? Ooh. Total class act that's always out there doing. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it, it's, I mean, I mean, it's I mean, tough to just throw. You got an answer? Or? Keller. I mean, Keller. Oh, okay. I mean, All right. I mean, who? I mean, I'm, I mean, yeah. I mean, super successful yeah. American chef of the you know past you know the late 20th century. Yeah. Sort of handing the torch down and being being a good role model for people. Mm-hmm. I, I like it. Uh, last one for a true or new cook. They roll with their own frog tape and hand blender. <laughs> and then the hand blender thing—I don't know if that's a, that's this. I'm going back to 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 my like young cook days. Yeah, where, like, that yeah, was a that's thing. The, yeah, that's you can't make lobster cappuccino without your own hand blender. Yeah, you got to have the froth. <laughs> yeah, you got to froth. Um, yeah, def, definitely. That's definitely true. Cooks, you know, uh, we did a we did a shirt a, a couple years ago with a piece of tape on it that says "Use First," mm-hmm. and you know, I had um, I shot because uh, it's it's a photo, and then I went and digitally fixed it, but. Um, I, I took the photography of torn tape, so it's a rip. Right. And I took photography of a sharp cut. Yeah. Tape. Yeah. And when we were formatting the shirt, we we really wanted it to look like a, a piece of tape on the shirt. Right. Right. Like so, there was some three dimensionality mm-hmm. to it, and you could see some shadow and and. And we found that with the cut piece, it wasn't really speaking as tape. It just kind of looked like a box. Right. But when we used the torn piece, it immediately registered as a piece of tape. So we said, okay, great. We, this looks like tape. Let's, put, let's make the shirt. We make the shirt, drop it. Uh, 99% <laughs> of the people were like, you, you freaking hack. <laughs> You have exactly. to cut the tape. Exactly. And, like, and I'm like, shit, yeah, I, I, right. I know that. But like, I mean, it didn't I mean, look like tape when like, we cut it. <laughs> like, what, like, what's worse? Are you going to throw the shirt in the washing machine now with the tape on it as well? Right. <laughs> That's some deep dive uh, inside uh, cook stuff, true cook stuff. Uh, last thing we do, Chad, is uh, 86. It's 86. You did this once. Um, I don't know. I don't quite remember what your answer was, but something you want to 86 in the world what's new with you something you want to get rid of it could be uh serious or not Ooh, yeah. wow so, what would i what would i like to or, get or, rid of yeah yeah okay um i would like to get rid of uh never seeing another inedible burger on instagram Ooh, okay so this we have come on how you put that in your mouth we have recently talked about this the idea of stunt food yes right so not just specifically even for burgers yeah but fine the milkshake yeah, with the exactly, cupcake exactly and the I, like i blame waffle on top i blame the you know bloody mary basically <laughs> <laughs> as a, as a dish right as a cocktail that sort of has inspired it's a, it's a dare right well but the problem is also like stop hitting like everyone yeah Right, because yeah. there there is that thing where it's like, okay, well, we serve this thing, but if we put ninety more patties on it, there'll be and, and now 10, I'm seeing it with onion likes. rings too. I mean, right. what, what? Right. So, so I am I, as the guest, to take the bun off and then take the twelve onion rings off, eat those separately, and then put the bun right. back? Yeah, each. we're serving the order of onion rings instead of on the side. <laughs> it's on the burger now. You pull that off to the side. It's absurd. It, uh, it's absurd, but uh, and it's wasteful. Right. Well, that is true. Like, what, where does all this food go? One of the things that I was most impressed, I just came back from uh, Bottle Rock in Napa, and I got to MC uh, Morimoto set a Guinness Book of World Records for breaking down a 200-pound-plus tuna wow. into 100-plus, three-and-a-half-ounce portions in less than 25 minutes is what he had to do. He did it in 13 minutes. Holy mackerel. Right, which was... Um, Kind of incredible. It's so incredible that I lost my train of thought. What was it? What, what we were we just talking about? Uh, oh, stunt food. Yeah. Um, but where? Where? Oh, just the fact that like you know that's kind of a cool stunt though. Yeah, that's like I'm, the opposite. That's skills. Right. That that's those those are the type of stunts that you know we should be you know involved in because yeah. that's fun. You're still gonna hit like on it. Yeah. Um, but it's not gonna be you know the the thirty pound or, or that too like just super large food. Something like that. That being said, my demonstration was an ostrich, like the largest drumstick I could cook. <laughs> so we all do find our. Do you, uh, we, uh, the 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 room between like what 
you know the media wants versus what you want to do ostrich is extraordinarily sustainable there's a lot of good uh, uh points to 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 celebrating the ostrich there is uh, look i appreciate that uh chad minton always a pleasure dude thank you for finding me in the augustus tower in room 4087 i'm checking out so it doesn't matter anyway uh anything else you want to anything about true cooks or spiceology you want to shout out or uh yeah absolutely uh spiceology take back your kitchen promotion uh, hit me up on Instagram DM. I can explain it further, but it's an awesome opportunity to get your spice shelf hooked up properly uh, with a zero dollar buy-in. Amazing! And uh, what, what what do you call the True Cooks fan base? Do you have like a hashtag for, or is it just, just true hashtag True Cooks? Three well, million uses, second most used chef specific hashtag on Instagram. Yeah, I love it. And the, when we did our episode last, like your uh, the True Cooks family came out. I got all sorts of new subscribers. And, You're kidding and me. New, yeah, so like way to represent. So Well, we'll advertise this one. There we go. True Cooks fam, <laughs> hit us up. Uh, jump on over to iTunes. Uh, Chad, this is the only five-star thing. I know you're a super fancy chef. This is the only five-star thing I've ever done. Uh, and we need uh, more of those five-star reviews. So go over to iTunes, hit subscribe, drop us a review. And until next week, stay hungry. Thanks for listening to Starving for Attention with Richard Blaze. Download new episodes every Tuesday on the Podcast One app, Apple Podcasts, or PodcastOne.com. Hey, listen, thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you to our sponsors, with an S, who made this all possible. Dole Crafted Smoothie Blends. Find them in your frozen aisle. Home Depot. Visit homedepot.com slash decor and use promo code SFA Home Depot at checkout. Just crack an egg. You got to take back breakfast. San Pellegrino. To find S. Pellegrino in your area, visit sanpellegrino.com slash US. And Upserve. Go to upserve.com slash starving for $300 off a new POS today. Thanks, sponsors and everyone who is listening. And until next week, stay hungry.